It's me. A uh, quick editorial note. Um, so last episode was long because usually we shoot about for two, three hours or two hours ish, and then I cut it down to thirty or forty minutes. There was just no way for me to cut the previous episode, and that's why there's that weird stop at the end. Also, forgot to add the ending that we did record, but that's besides the point. Uh, but we had a good discussion about today's topic so i decided to release that as an episode itself it's a bit shorter than usual it's about 15 minutes long but that's because that's the only cut i could figure out in the whole video we shot so hope you enjoy that you want to have an outro Ken? Uh, uh, all right let's uh let's just close it up uh i need two closings so. all right that's it for this week thank you all all right thanks everyone thank you everybody be safe out there Celsius. Keep stay super safe we love your faces and then second outro because i think i'm gonna cut it to the wi-fi stuff and then the gaming stuff so talking about old tech Somebody after 34 years finally beat Tetris. I saw yeah. that. That was incredible. Right. So and he's like young. Yeah, he's a 13 year old boy that who is the first to believe to beat Tetris. Now, I literally had no idea what that meant <laughs> because I was like, How, "What do you mean beat Tetris? I mean, it's just a game, right?" Turns out Tetris was considered unbeatable by design because mm-hmm. it just will keep adding more. Continue. Different- You're right. The problem was that because the classic Tetris on the NES, it would max out the RAM at one point. It will start to <laughs> crap out things and we'll have like unbeatable levels. Like there's like a level that's called charcoal, apparently, where it's only like <laughs> black and gray blocks and almost impossible to see. And then if you go past that, you're into this other zone. Um, there's a great clip that explains, because I, I was like, I had to look it up, that explains what beating Tetris means in the history of it. So apparently there was a limit on people being able to flip the blocks up, up to level 34 or something. And then somebody found a way to move their fingers like really fast and shake the controller so they get quicker responses out of the controller. So they're like, Jeez. they have this like special hold that you're supposed to do on the controller that because that will double tap the button at like significantly higher rate than just holding it like this. And then that raised the level to like level 50 something. And then some people found a way to beat it. They built, they build a um, app that could basically is a rubber ducky of Tetris games rotate faster than anything else. So they, then the goal was 150 something. And then at 159, which is this level, the whole system just fully crashes. Jeez. And that, that, that's what crazy. Pac-Man has the kill screen, you know? So, Exactly, exactly like the Pac-Man kill screen, except for the fact that the Tetris kill screen was never achieved. The true kill chain uh, kill screen was never achieved until recently. That's just bizarre because you know That's the amount crazy. of speed that falling down is just bananas. Yeah, if you ever played Tetris, dude, it gets harder and harder. Was. And Are side note, the movie's really good too. The movie. Yeah, there's a Tetris movie about the history of Tetris and how it like actually became a video game in Soviet Russia. They were able to like get the rights and actually build it into a game. And now, I can hear the song already. Here's yeah, the they bit. play it like 30 times in the movie. Here's the bit that I found really interesting about this news is that the game was 13 years old. His name is Willis Gibson. Like, beat the, hack the Gibson, Hacked William Gibson. Gibson. <laughs> 
That's crazy. What a name. He lives in Oklahoma. You know, he says he can't find his fingers anymore. But, I mean, the videos or the culture surround. And there are a couple good um, high score. Like, uh, there's a couple documentaries on on Netflix that are really good about, you know, uh, the history of gaming and the video games that made us and whatnot. Deep world of, like, games that I have known. I've become fond of YouTubers doing retro gaming, trying the, like, unbeatable games that I grew up with. Like, I remember, you know, there's a... A couple of local YouTubers here that will play the unbeatable games of my childhood. Nobody has gone through level four on this game. Like, uh, and I watched those. I, and... so, so Golden Axe, I don't know if you guys ever played Golden Axe. So Golden Axe on PC, it would actually crash because of the way the disc had an error in it. Mm. And one of the first reverse engineering tips that I learned from like 1997 was how to reverse engineer Golden Axe so that it would continue to play the rest of the game. And then uh, the other thing that that just reminded me of is I started playing a ton of Final Fantasy 3, which is Final Fantasy 6, actually Final Fantasy 6 on SNES. And that was like one of my most favorite games, though. The famous game. Retro uh, gaming's a blast. I I, I don't know if you know this, but Ghosts and Goblins. Oh, I loved Ghosts and Goblins. Oh, my God. Ghosts and Goblins was was one of those games that was almost impossible, right? Dude. The people who have seen that last screen are very few. And, you know. There are, there are a bunch of them on YouTube now, like the fast run Mario's and whatnot. You know, this Tetris game just brought, brought up like, oh, yeah, I remember playing hours and hours of Tetris. And I didn't know there was a hundred, you know, that there was a level 157. Now, the, the reason why this story becomes interesting is apparently there is this deep community of worldwide Tetris players that have analyzed the NES version of Tetris. They have figured out that under certain conditions where the game will crash, Right. And the highest level they found was 157. And that's where the kid beat them, I guess. But there's like a spreadsheet on Google Docs that outlines all the conditions and where the game would crash. And I'm like, that's, you know, I thought we were nerds talking about wireless shit. Dude, (laughs) dude, right? Like you go into situations where like with Final Fantasy, I Googled Final Fantasy uh, FAQs for um, battle calculations. Yeah. And it's like, there is like insane references of the math going into like even the random encounters in the different Final Fantasy versions and stuff. And people have like enumerated this. And I'm like, I don't know how you've done this. Like the number of sheer hours that people have put in these FAQs to figure this stuff out, like it blows my mind. Yeah. It blows my mind. It's really cool to see. I remember really cool. I remember there was a there was a glitch in Dragon Quest two or one, oh my gosh dragon quest that uh, if, if, if you wasn't this... it called dragon age in the u.s and then they oh, changed yeah. it to dragon quest maybe i don't know uh probably yeah because i think dragon quest was the original name and i think and in the dragon US, was... is the year of a uh, chinese new year this year. Uh, this, year, uh... this year it is but there was a glitch in it that if you talk to a specific character in a specific order and did something in a specific order they there was this one item that basically gave you unlimited power of everything it's always interesting when people find these um speaking uh, about uh, games and all that stuff and, and speaking about what we do wireless shit show talking and it's the over dragon and have you seen the videos of those massive dragon drone shows oh yeah that- oh yeah those are cool it's like, holy fuck. So I have a question for you guys, because you guys are the dopest shit ever. And you know all of this stuff. How on earth do you orchestra one of those? It's called a swar- like swarm control. 
Yep. So basically, there's a program that you can program the drones to act like a bee swarm or a, a swarm of birds. They're not. But you have to design the, the model yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. It's so basically a CAD program for drones almost. And then so all they. So they're doing like a 3D model of what the drone paths are going to be. And then that's going to be in 3D space relative to geolocation. So then, and each drone has a GPS. And then with those information, you can then design a path with it. I had an FPV drone, I got really hardcore into droning. And I was using open pilot to do autonomous drone routes okay. to be able to film things around my neighborhood. And then I would take over manual control to bring it back in and land and stuff. So uh, I've like done it on have... a scale of one drone right. with open pilot. So it's, it's not like you're going to have 200 drone operators and go, let's launch it. Let's line it up. That's not going to work that way, right? That would be super dope, though. Synchronized droning. That should be an Olympic sport. <laughs> it's going to be hard really to <laughs> but yeah, it's called um, swarm modeling or drone swarm simulating. Now, now the next step is, of course, but you know, you know what I'm going to ask now. So how do you disrupt that? Uh, well, a lot EMP. of those are pre-programmed with their paths and stuff. So they don't have real time. The, the real time communication is where they're at on their path yeah. and what uh, like their rate. And then if they go off course and are not, they, they usually have like a safety sequence where they <coughs> land. There's yeah. usually not any, once they're launched and started the program, there's no way to send additional commands to it except for to disrupt their GPS. And in that case, they usually just drop and fall. Side note, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, uh, the, the History Channel series, they actually thought that they could maybe have some anomalous phenomena happen if they did like a drone show because they thought that lights would lead to something. And they had a bunch of drones when they were doing this uh, at Skinwalker Ranch, put the drones up and started doing some pre-programmed things with it. Uh, they had a bunch of drones just come back, but it's not clear whether those malfunctions were due to they lost GPS or there was actually anomalies because they think that there might be aliens or it was out there. TV. Or it was TV and they're just trying to make it dramatic. So who knows what the actual result is. But if, if you go, like I was at a show um, called Life is Beautiful in Las Vegas and they had one of those drone swarms and they were trying to show like different advertisements and stuff on it <laughs> and they were having problems with it and like like a lot of it worked and there were some really cool visuals that they did but on some of the advertisements like you couldn't make out the words because you could clearly see that some of the drones had like dropped out uh during that during that process so it was uh it was it was kind of it was kind of interesting um or you could so take a shot it's definitely it. not perfect it's definitely not a perfect technology so oh snap oh snap we have visitors okay Corey. it's the birthday girl oh happy birthday yeah. <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> you can go back to being the birthday girl's arm candy mike if you want to <laughs> so, thinks i'm the birthday girl's arm candy here i can <laughs> Oh, oh, oh! It's my birthday. <laughs> that, that's gonna be the thumbnail for this show. It's my birthday. It's 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 been her birthday for an hour and thirty. All right. I'll let you go enjoy the party, Mike. Hey, let us know about your favorite games so that we can talk about more. Gamers Unite. Yeah, and let retro games. Let us know what retro games you're playing. Let them know in the comments down below. I'm playing Final Fantasy. So let me know what you're playing.